Welcome to Unchained, the radio program which addresses the challenges facing Christians today with short, pithy presentations, presenting a vigorous defense for Christianity's claim that the Holy Bible is God's inspired word. This series deconstructs the arguments of evolutionists, anti-theists, atheists, and other enemies of the Holy Bible. Here is your host, Pastor Rod Anderson. Hi, I'm Rod Anderson. Since many of you watching me at this time live largely in English-speaking countries, we can become very complacent about the privileged life we have with our progressive laws, stable governments, the social support system, health care and our hospitals, our education systems, political stability and the civil order we all enjoy. But none of these have come about by chance. The freedoms we enjoy to express ourselves publicly, the right to vote our leaders in and out of public office, education available to both sexes, our welfare support system, hospitals, constitutions that enshrine the value of human rights and liberty, the quality of housing and opportunities for prosperity, etc., can all be tracked back to our Christian heritage. The common denominator for each of those countries which enjoys these things for the last 200 or more years is that they are all Christian, full stop. Some may boo-hoo that, but you cannot rewrite history. And the men that shaped our constitutions believed in God or were for the most part practicing Christians. Let me give you some examples of the way the Bible has impacted our day-to-day life. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, we read the story of the Good Samaritan who saved the life of a Jew, who if the roles were reversed, would have been left to die. But as the direct result of the story of Jesus' Good Samaritan and his other teachings of mercy and his own personal tender care for the sick, the horrible practice of exposure and neglect of the sick and maimed is now a thing of the past. Care of the sick or injured in clinics and hospital, the humane treatment of disease is now the rule wherever the Bible has gone. Are you a social reformer? Are you interested in the poor? Then consider the how the poor have been uplifted by Jesus Christ and Christianity. Slavery has been abolished by the teachings of Jesus, that all men are of one blood and brothers in the sight of God. Jesus offers comfort to the oppressed and boldly arraigns the selfish rich. He calls not for the placebos of charity, but fundamental social justice for all. Do you believe that education is essential for the health of society? Then observe the knowledge that has been promoted by the Christian endeavor. After Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, one of the final commands Jesus gave to his disciples was, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. To this end, methods of navigation have had to be studied and perfected in order to reach all nations as commanded. This command has unloosed untold energies of men and women in every age, sending them into the depths of the earth, to the burning sands of the Sahara, to the chill and the solitudes of the Arctic regions, and through to the remotest corners of the earth. Why? That the great commission of Christ may be carried out. The command to teach all men 
or to teach all meant that the teacher must know more than the learner. So under the missionary urge of Jesus' words, more than 1,000 languages have been reduced to writing and all kinds of practical as well as religious books have been translated into them by the missionaries since the time of Christ. In fact, the geographical knowledge of our globe has come largely from missionaries over the last 2,000 years who have ventured where the foot of the trader and the merchant dared not to tread. Think of this. The race from which Jesus came was the most hated and most persecuted in the world. Yet Jesus became the one universal man, uniting Orient with Occident, appealing equally to the East and to the West, the rich and the poor, the educated and the uneducated. Socrates taught for 40 years. Plato taught for 50 years, Aristotle for 40 years, but Jesus for only three and a half years. Yet Jesus' few brief years infinitely outstrips and transcends the combined impact upon the world of the 130 years of teachings of those pagan philosophers. Jesus was not a writer, yet he is quoted more than any other writer in history, and his words have winged their way to the earth's remotest bounds and have been translated into all language and nearly all dialects. As far as we know, the carpenter of Nazareth drew no architectural plans, yet the world's masterpieces of architecture have been reared in his praises. He painted no pictures, yet the paintings of Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci received their highest inspiration from him. He wrote no poetry, but Dante, Milton and scores of the world's greatest poets were inspired by him. He composed no music. Still Haydn, Handel, Beethoven, Bach and Mendelssohn reached their highest perfection of melody in the hymns, symphonies and oratorios written in his praise. Think about this. If Christ is not, in a real sense, God as well as men, he must be the world's greatest deceiver. Why? For he claimed that worship was due to him, that he was the light of the world, that he pre-existed, that he descended from heaven, that he was equal with God. I want you to notice the words in John chapter 5, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. Furthermore, Jesus accepted the title of Lord or thy Lord, thy God. When Thomas, skeptical that Jesus had risen from the tomb, first saw Jesus, he fell on his knees before him, worshipping and declaring, my Lord and my God. Jesus did not rebuke him, but on the contrary, he said unto him, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. The incarnation of Jesus Christ is a remarkable fact of history. Have you ever wondered why this helpless babe was thrust into a world at the time when Roman avarice and domination, Jewish bigotry and hatred, and Greek philosophy and craft would combine to destroy him? And yet the infant who was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago poverty-stricken, without a formal education, shines out above and beyond all others who have ever lived, drawing every class of man and woman from every nation under him in astonishment 
and prize. How is it that mighty empires have passed into oblivion, the greatest of heroes forgotten, the most brilliant of politicians, poets and writers have lost their last luster with the passing of years, while the humble Nazarene has continued to charm, touch lives for over 2,000 years with words and works that are as fresh and meaningful to us today as if they were written for our generation. Any reader of Christ's words admit they have the charm of antiquity with the freshness of today, the simplicity of a child with the wisdom of God. This then is what Christ or Christianity has to offer, a perfect model, forgiveness of sins, rest of the soul, a comforter, a companion, a saviour. Today, I want to give you an easy-to-read book called Finding Hope in a Troubled World. This will explain to you in a very wonderful way who Jesus Christ is and what he has promised for you both here and now. Along with that, I would love you to learn more about Jesus Christ and to improve your understanding of the Bible. And so I also want you to have a free 25 part series of Bible reading guides called The Orchard Faith of Jesus Studies. They are easy to use and will increase your biblical knowledge in no time. And all you have to do to receive these gifts is send me an email with your name, postal address and phone number two, info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au. That is info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au or go to our website, theorchardmelbourne.org.au. Go to the tab mark Contact Us Follow the prompts, including the name of the book requested, and we will send that with the study guides out to you. Well, our time has run out again. It's happened all too quickly, but remember, the truth has nothing to fear from investigation. I'm Rod Anderson. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Unchained, We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson.
All those harmonies were brought to us by one man and his name, Ben Everson, and the song, The Solid Rock. Welcome to the Minute That Makes a Difference. I'm Margot Marshall. What difference would it make to your self-control if you read the Bible? In a study, participants were given sentences containing five words to unscramble. Some contained religious themes, others didn't. Then they were asked to complete tasks that required self-control, involving enduring discomfort, delaying gratification, exerting patience and refraining from impulsive responses. Those who unscrambled the sentences with religious themes had significantly more self-control in completing their tasks, which surprised the lead researcher, who previously thought that religion had little practical use. The very book that strengthens self-control, the Bible, claims to do so. Quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So keep a Bible handy. It makes a difference.